It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today's show is brought to you by CBDMD. January is crucial in setting the tone for the new year, and in 2021, that has never been more true. Luckily, our friends over at CBDMD are here to give you support you need to conquer your New Year's resolutions and make this year your best one yet. And if those resolutions happen to involve fitness, they've got a brand new topical product that'll help you keep moving all year long. CBD Relieve with Lidocaine fuses CBDMD's hybrids broad spectrum formula with fast-acting lidocaine to help provide temporary relief for minor aches and pains. And with the new bag-on-valve spray technology, Relieve can be applied comfortably at any angle, even upside down. And to make it even easier to get the year started off right, they're offering all of our listeners 20% off of your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 20% off of your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 864 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, January the 13th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got loads of stuff for you, whether it's breakdowns of the college football championship, whether it's NHL previews with the NHL season getting started tonight. Uh, there's a, a team, a show covering every team that there that you could possibly want to have a show about. So go and listen, subscribe, support those shows in addition to this one. All right, on today's show, we're doing a bit of a 10-game status update on the Toronto Raptors. Obviously, things have not gone terribly well. They're 2-8. and eight. It's kind of depressing. They're having a lot of uh, heartbreaking losses piling up. 
But we're going to try to take a bigger picture look at it uh, through 10 games and, and dive into sort of how our expectations have changed and maybe plot a roadmap for how they can get out of this hell over the course of the next 10 games. And we're also going to start off uh, with the elephant in the room, which is uh, the COVID protocols, which is kind of uh, the big story in the NBA right now. And joining me to talk about all of this stuff is a first-time guest on the podcast, but a wonderful Twitter follow. You know him from Twitter as Marks Gasol, at Socialist Raptor. He's a writer for Jacobin, the Narwhal, Progress Alberta. There's a podcast called the Off Court Podcast. It is, of course, Abdul Malik. How's it going, man? I'm doing great. I'm very happy to be uh, on the podcast. You know, it's uh, it's super cool, actually. I will say to have listened to this for, like, years and years and then be invited on like it's just like a very nice bit of like career trajectory <laughs> like it's like oh yeah shit i guess i am part of a, I, I forget about cursing but yeah like um you know it's like that's crazy like i guess technically i am a sports writer in some sort of like esoteric way now right <laughs> hey yeah that's i mean in the same way uh, to hear someone's been listening to the podcast for years and views coming on the podcast as some sort of uh, I don't want to say milestone. That feels far too strong, but we'll, we'll say it for now. Uh, that's cool, too, I guess. And I'm sorry you've had to listen to my dumb voice for so many years. <laughs> but, of course, it's uh, lovely to have you, man. Um, we'll, we'll get into the 10-game the status report in just a sec, but we should probably talk about the story of the day in the NBA, which is the revamped COVID protocols, the um, sort of reining in of what players are allowed to do, both at home and on the road. Basically, they're trying to establish a bubble it seems for teams and players without having a bubble doesn't seem like it's going to work to me but you know I, I guess this this has been carefully plotted out I have a lot of different feelings on this and I don't feel one way about it necessarily I think there are things to be grossed out by and upset with for pretty much everybody involved and also reasons oh, yeah. why it's entirely justified in a lot of ways why they're continuing to push through as gross as it is I don't know. Let's uh, let's just start with the revamped protocols. Obviously, we've seen a ton of teams missing players, games postponed. In fairness, outside of the Mavericks, it seems as though most of the postponements have been due to contact tracing and not actual positive tests. So at least they're doing their due diligence there. That's positive, I think. But at the same time, you're seeing the product suffer. You're seeing Tyrese Maxey have to play uh, 45 minutes in a game, and we're, we're seeing you know these teams roll out eight men rosters the the heat are po are posting tweets as you shared on your timeline today saying we have enough uh, to like promote it's their game so <laughs> pathetic like the the we have enough should just be an indication <laughs> like if you've gone from like uh you know an nba finals to we have enough players to play tonight <laughs> um like something has gone terribly wrong mm -hmm. you know between between point a and point b yeah, I, the we have enough might be the new most upsetting refrain uh, now replacing daddy's always happy in terms of just like chance for <laughs> NBA discourse. So congrats to the Miami Heat on that one. You beat the Boston Celtics once again. Um, Abdul, let's uh, sort of talk about the, the protocols here that obviously they, they've changed things quite a bit. They've um, like I said, they're limiting what players and teams can do. It's basically you're at home or you're at practice or you're at a game, uh, whether you're on the road or you're at home, you, uh, you can't like hug players on the court, I guess, trying to limit all of the 
extracurricular contact before the, you know, the 48 minutes of dudes sweating and breathing on each other, which seems kind of counterproductive, but uh, I guess it is what it is. I don't know. Um, there's also rules against uh, quote unquote uh, non team guests in the hotel, which yeah, I don't think it, know it takes one. a lot of squinting to know what that means. Um, I'm just kind of it's not really a direct question i'm a bad podcast host right now but like what's your overall feeling on where things sit with the league are you grossed out by the fact that it's still going on are you uh, like resigned to the fact that it's going to happen and just making the best of it and do you think these protocols will matter at all i mean neither of us are epidemiologists but uh you know what are your overall feelings on the way things have transpired over the last couple days here Uh, i'm not happy with it (laughs) i think that i think that there's a lot to sort of get into um sort of first and foremost is like they were finding play teams for like load managing players you know what i mean like when when players needed to sit out or when players were you know couldn't play for whatever reason or they wanted to give them a rest day like you know and now we're watching like basically like end of bench lineups you know become the starting line stuff like that And, Mm -hmm. and the reason they the reason you know they were um you know, they were pissed off about like load management was because like people want to see the stars play. Right. So it's like, why are we watching these like ridiculous lineups and stuff like that? Like you create a worse product by putting it out onto the court rather than just delaying the game. Right. No one, fewer people are tuning in for, I don't know whoever's playing on the heat tonight for the, we have enough heat. Um, you know what I mean, to, I can't wait and, for the t-shirts, man. Yeah. <laughs> if they, if they do make the playoffs again, I really do hope that's their, um, you know, that's their playoff mantra. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, and then the other stuff is when you look at this, a lot of it just seems arbitrary. Like it feels like hygiene. And again, you know, you mentioned neither of us are epidemiologists, but it feels like hygiene theater more than actual like concentrated effort to reduce uh, infection vectors. Right. Mm-hmm. For example, like the, the timeout, the 12 feet away cool down zone <laughs> that feels like, you know, when you're in school and your teacher makes you sit away from the rest of the class to like yep. chill out for a bit, that's exactly what it feels like, like just moving to another 12 feet away from everyone else so you can take your mask off for like a couple of minutes or whatever like that's ridiculous (laughs) Um, (laughs) and yeah like also looking at at all this stuff it's like it doesn't also change the fact these people are traveling you Mm -hmm. know i mean that they're Mm -hmm. coming into contact with people every day like that there's you know you can't put like a bubble environment in hotels which are designed to you know efficiently cycle people in and out Uh, the most frustrating part for me is the nbpa uh, going along with this right? right and and in particular uh like i'm not gonna lie i've defended Kyrie a lot in the past but like when your vice president is out partying maskless right yeah. of the nbpa and it's like okay the the union has a really messed up uh, like the union executive must be in shambles right now <laughs> right mm-hmm. and are able to be pushed to accept these things because you know one of your sort of key executive members is like quickly becoming the face of like, you know, players not abiding by these rules, right? When like actually it's the owners who should be the ones under the line of fire more than anyone. But mm-hmm. um, you get what I'm saying, right? Though, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's um, again, I don't feel 
like I felt a lot stronger for some reason before the bubble uh, about like it how I didn't think it should happen for a lot of reasons, right? And and I, I still think in a perfect world they put the season on a pause and with the vaccine seemingly so close, just like wait it out. I know they're very hell bent on for some reason the Olympics, even though I don't think the Olympics are going to happen, and they also seem very committed to getting back on the NBA calendar, which I totally understand and sympathize with that because that is huge for like their TV calendar and not being up with competition against other sports leagues. I, I totally understand why they would want that, but it is also like so icky <laughs> like it's 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 completely cynical like they yeah. the nba makes enough money to you know and especially ownership and you know when you go down when you go down you know it's it's overall revenue like if they don't have enough money to like buffer buffer out two years of catastrophe or these sorts of delays i think that speaks much more to the financial foundation of the league than yeah. you know perhaps anyone realized mm-hmm. um but like the people who are in the line of fire are players, right? Like if you're being asked to travel from city to city, uh, just be alone in your hotel room, uh, you're already being alienated from your teammates due to these, these like hygiene procedures when really you just shouldn't be playing at all. It should be like home with your family. Right. Like it's also extraordinarily dehumanizing. Right. Mm -hmm. And that also affects, well, not just them as people, which is obviously the most important part, but also does affect like your performance. It affects your mental health. It affects your capacity to like build any sort of like meaningful team dynamic or find any sort of like value in what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it sucks enough that they're playing without fans, very understandably. Um, but now you're asking them to to stay away from each other until they're like playing together. <laughs> uh, and even then, not really, right? Yeah, I think... And those are like extremely well taken points and I totally agree with them. But at the same time, it's also like, I bet if you polled players, A, I don't think, I think this is something that has not really been reckoned with all that much, but like, I I just don't think players care as much about the virus as like the general population. And frankly, why would they? They're 20 years old. They have a a lot of money and access to healthcare. They're probably all things told going to be fine. And they are a lot closer to being in the owner class than they are into being the normie plebe class like we are, right? And so I kind of understand why they would just kind of want to push through as well. And I bet, yeah, I bet if you pulled the entire pool of the league, I'd bet you'd get most people back saying, yeah, we want to keep playing regardless. You know, there's checks on the line. There's futures in the league on the line. I I get the arguments for doing it. And also when you look around at everything else is like full steam ahead, you, I think probably if you're the league or looking at that and you're like, well, hockey's playing and like football's going on, even though it's horrible. And the college football season just wrapped up and they're celebrating how well that went, even though, uh, <laughs> not it really, not, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I guess pat yourself on the back all you want, you freaks. But I just, I don't really know, like, I don't feel strong enough because of all these other competing factors to say like they should 100% unequivocally shut the season down. Are you feeling similarly or are you more on the side of like, just what the hell are we doing here? Stop this until uh, things clear up a little bit more. I think like that's where my biggest disappointment with the PA sort of comes into play because like, like, yeah, you're a hundred percent right, Sean. Like we look at it objectively. It's like these, these players are Olympian gods, right? They have access to the best healthcare they're obviously like, you know, in the prime of their, you know, athletic life. Um, and they're 
like so far down the lowest on the list of people who are at high risk for COVID, right? But like when you look at someone like, you know, Keontae Johnson, um, you know, who collapsed during a game uh, due to like COVID-19 related reasons, like really what you're looking at is it, it just takes one, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Is, is one player having uh, some sort of debilitating relationship to this disease and, you know, potentially having their career cut short or worse, right? Like it, it, it could run the gamut of all the things COVID could do to a human body, short-term and long-term. Um, is that worth the entirety of the season, right? Like that's where me on like a moral level, I'm like, no. Uh, to say nothing of the fact that players, because they're traveling so much, because they're, um, you know, sort of engaging with so many people from, you know, uh, coaching staff to athletic staff to each other all the way down to their families, right? Or um, also like major vectors of infection, right? Even if you get COVID and you have a mild case, like how many people by virtue of your job before you test positive, could you potentially put at risk, right? Mm-hmm. Those are those are sort of the two things that sort of psych me out a lot because it's like, what what would it actually take for the season to stop? And if the answer is, it would take someone dying, then like the league has a really concerning set of priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, and the NBPA has done a terrible job sort of, uh, you know, led by Chris Paul, Kyrie Irving, you know, um, the entire NBA executive uh, has done a, a quite a bad job, you know, articulating that to <laughs> players, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, we'll be talking about this, I'm sure, for the next few months, uh, barring some miraculous turnaround from these protocols. But I think we can leave it there for now. There's no easy way to transition from talk about how basketball is bad and immoral to talking about the basketball that's going on. (laughs) So we're just going to do it and uh, not really talk about it. So we're going to dive into the first 10 games of the Raptors season and kind of uh, reassess our expectations and take a look at the next 10 games coming up in just one second. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at betonline.ag, the number one place you should be going to put money down on the sports you love to watch. Sign up today for free at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus, meaning if you put in 100 bucks, you're going to get 150 bucks to play with. That is a pretty great deal. Tons of stuff to vote on, bet on right now. Vote on. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, bet, bet on, including <laughs> NFL games, uh, the, the NHL season starting up, NBA games every single night or most nights, uh, barring postponements. Lots of stuff for you to get in on the action with and lots of fun, weird sports, too. You want to bet on Greek basketball? You can at bet online. De- betonline.ag i haven't done it yet but uh probably will at some point here because uh why not what else is there to do in the middle of quarantine don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit that's betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, Abdul, uh, let's dive on in here to our sort of 10-game impressions of your 2-8 and eight Toronto Raptors. It's not going so hot. I spoke on Tuesday's podcast about the horrendous crunch time numbers, the bench that continues to have a revolving door of guys who maybe aren't very good. Um, I guess let's start here. What were your expectations going into the season, and how do you think the first 10 games have kind of warped those expectations. Have they at all? Are you still holding steadfast with what you thought this team was going to be about going into this season just a couple weeks ago? Uh, like realistically, I expected them to be six and five at this point. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I really did expect them to come out of the gate stronger. Um, but all that said, you know what? I think they're quickly getting back on track. Um, and like this, you know, panicking about, uh, the Raptors' poor start and stuff like that, or even even if it does transpire to be a poor season, which I really don't think it will, um, it feels to me like sort of foolish, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the Raptors are a consistently winning franchise where even if you don't have a great season, you're watching players um, take, like, leaps and bounds. You're watching Pascal get back, right? Like, it's it's the ebb and flow of like you know the failure and successes and and the individual stories on the team that make the team especially the Raptors right we've got guys like Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet you know Mister um, Bet on yourself or whatever right like uh, that make it exciting to watch and it's mm-hmm. like I don't know we're not the Knicks right we're not just a consistently losing franchise year after year after year that's become the punchline of of like a league joke right the Raptors always come back. Maybe not this season, but the season after, at least in the last, you know, couple of years. Not the, uh, not, you know what I mean. Not the, 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 bef- the, the before, yeah. before times. Yeah. Yeah. The before <laughs> times, right? And it's like, it's like, yeah, like, you know, they'll, they'll come swinging back and it's going to be awesome. And it's like, you know, if, if you're a fan, you shouldn't panic about this season because this season sucks anyway, right? For a whole yeah. bunch of reasons, not related, not even related to the Raptors' performance. But, Pascal's back, baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that right there. Like watching him watching him fucking ball out and then you're crying and then crying about it is really <laughs> nice. Watching Chris Boucher, you know, go off um the way he has been the last couple of games is incredible. And it's like, okay, you know what? They've got something to build on here. They just need to pack it better, right? They just yeah. need to make sure that they're actually like you know, building on, on the good stuff. And also they need to trade for someone. I don't know. Uh, they need to trade for a better big. Yeah. Someone um, tall who can catch a ball is basically all <clears throat> I'm looking for right the now. The bar is very low right now mm-hmm. in terms of who they need to trade for. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm with you, man. I, I think, look, I had high expectations for the regular season edition of this team. I picked them to finish second in the Eastern conference. That seems maybe a little bit ill-advised right now, but also they're like not very, very far away from that if they go on a bit of a winning streak that becomes very much back in play and I think like you made a really good point and I've made this argument for a long time like watching a basketball team any or just watching the NBA more than any other sport it's not a league or or you know each each of these teams are not sort of tidy one-year stories that you can kind of put into a boat, right? I mean, the Raptors' road to the title was more than just the Kawhi season. It was seven years before that, and it all kind of informed what ended up being an amazing end result. And you don't often get that, like, fairy tale ending, but it's still, like, the thrill 
of watching the development and the, and the arc over multiple years that I think is really what keeps me coming back to the NBA like and will forever. It's, it's just the best part of it, I think. And so if you went into this season and you thought, wow, they got OG locked up, that's great, the contract's amazing, Fred Van Vliet's locked up, Pascal Siakam's locked up, and you looked at that, th- that, 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 that trio and said, all right, the team is set up for competitiveness and success into the future. Like, I don't think that opinion should change at all any, anymore. Like, I mean, Fred's better, I think, than what I expected he was going to be. He's finishing, oh, he's scoring two-pointers, which is a really remarkable development for him. <laughs> and, you know, OG's taken some time. He's had his ups and downs. I think OG's going to be fine. And Pascal looks like Pascal plus enhanced playmaking, which is a pretty damn fun package. And the competitiveness window still exists. Yeah, maybe this snake-bitten fake season where they're playing in Tampa Bay and they currently have like a, a horrible, horrible crunch time net rating where they're as good as the Wizards, basically. You know, maybe that continues. Maybe they're snake-bitten all season long and they end up with a lottery pick and they kind of bolster the the team going forward. I mean, that's one positive outcome, but also I don't think that is terribly likely. I think... As I talked about yesterday, as I've talked about for weeks now, you know, at some point they'll have to start picking up wins for sure. And like the process over results thing will kind of ring hollow if they're, you know, five and 25, but they play really well every night and just fall short at the end. And I'm sitting there going, "Ah, but the process was good. I'm telling you, it's going to turn around. (laughs) Maybe at that point. Yeah, it's got it a little bit uh, overwrought. But for now, at two and eight with 62 games left and a point differential that's basically even on the season. I think you can kind of look at the next 10 games and say, all right, if they can just sort of gain back a little bit of ground here in a very jumbled Eastern Conference, there's no reason they can't have some modicum of the success I think most people expected they would have before the season. You know, whether it's a two seed, whether it's a six seed, whether it's getting the eight and winning a play-in, whatever it might be, you know, when you factor in the strangeness of the seeding and how unpredictable that's going to be with all the teams that are going to be missing guys, losing games as a result... I think that's a more than justifiably okay outcome for this season that you're you're willing to sort of you know ride through the the tough times to get to the end because there will be some sort of payoff but by the time you get to the playoffs you would think and even if they lose in the first round like if they're fun like they have been the last four games I think that's a pretty okay to like kill your time over the next six months while you wait to get vaccinated so (laughs) that's kind of the big picture view of the team I want to dive into some more specifics on players and sort of how they've performed relative to expectations in just one second but first I want to tell everybody about our friends over at Built Bar the best tasting protein bar you're ever going to try I just got a new shipment of Built Bars in and they have like remade the formula and they're better than ever I am not kidding they're awesome and they have 18 amazing flavors for you to try out the banana bread flavor incredible orange toffee almond also wonderful the new apple almond cheesecake or sorry apple almond crisp lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake all of them are really really good highly recommend they're all covered in 100 chocolate soft and easy to chew and they're great for the health conscious person you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a tasty treat wean yourself off of the garbage you're eating over the holidays with a pretty relatively healthy snack that also kind of looks like the garbage you're eating over the holidays except it's very much not it's low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber and great for keto diets as well and right now when you go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on you get 20 percent off of your next order that's the promo code locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Abdul, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, just a heads up, on Thursday, we uh, I haven't quite planned out what that podcast is going to be. We might have Dwayne Notice, though, so keep an eye out. Dwayne Notice is, is the best, and I hope we can get him on. Still working on the schedule. Ideally, we'll have him by the end of the week, but if not, very, very soon, so keep an eye out there. All right, so some players have performed well relative to preseason expectations. Some players have not done that so far this year. Um, my question to you, Abdul, is who is the player for you who you're most disappointed by in, you know, just how the first 10 games have gone relative to what you expected they would be in the in, in the early you know, preseason start of the season? There are lots of options here, <laughs> clearly. Um, so feel free to name whoever you want. But for you, who has been the biggest disappointment? And do you kind of have any belief that they might be able to turn things around? Yeah, like, you know, I think the obvious answer is Norm, but Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone in the back of their head knew this about Norm, right? He is extraordinarily inconsistent, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. that's sort of why he's he's comes off the bench and like, yeah, he's just, he can have an amazing night or he can have a terrible night. It very rarely feels like Norm has ever has, you know, an okay or consistent, you know, string of games. Uh, but Aaron Baines, um, I think for me is, is for sure. Like he was never going to replace uh, Gasol. He was never going to replace Ibaka, but like, I thought he would give us like at least 5% more than what he's given us right now. Right. <laughs> like probably closer to 50, but like, yeah, it's, it's the Baines question is really, really frustrating and really, really troubling. Um, Cause you know, yeah. You know, before the, the season, stopped last year he had that amazing game where he just went off right you're like what happened like between then and now uh is he gonna get his mojo back in a couple of months like pascal did like Mm -hmm. i don't i have no idea but it is really um is really like just sucks right because bane seems like a likable guy he does a lot of things right but when he does things wrong like oh man he really does things wrong yeah Yeah, I mean, Baines, I think, is the correct answer here. Um, I And it's not just, like, the most disappointing relative to expectations, but also, like, the most damaging start to the season. Yes. Because not having any reliable center play outside of Chris Boucher, who, as we saw in the Blazers game, as great as he was and as fun as he is, he's, like, the most fun regular season player I can imagine having on a team. But, like... Carmelo Anthony, at his ripe old age of, like, 74, was moving Boucher off the spot for rebounds. And, you know, there's a limitation when you have him as your nominal center. And, look, I I think Baines will get another shot. You know, Blake and Eric were talking about this on the Reasonables podcast today about how they think that'll come relatively soon, probably, to see him get another shot. And whether it's in a bench role, whether it's back in the starters role, you know, he can't just be a DNPCD for the rest of the season. And literally any minute of competent center play the Raptors can get right now feels like a win and like will tangibly help them considering they're like a minute or two away of just like consistent play from winning a lot of these games that, you know, those very small minuscule gains could actually be pretty enormous. And so, yeah, I mean, Baines certainly is the one who 
stands out. And if he can, I don't know, work in practice for an entire day on how to catch passes from Kyle Lowry or something, <laughs> <laughs> like it's it, it's that simple, really. Like it, I wrote about Baines to start the season and how you know his end of the deal is not that difficult. The Raptors offer a pretty sound environment in which a big man can thrive. They've got excellent perimeter defense. They've got a point guard who's constantly looking to get big dudes paid, and it should be a pretty easy gig, but he hasn't done any of it, and he's been an active negative when he's been out there. I, I do have to say, yeah. I think that one of the things that's harming the Raptors is the fact that they're not at the regular practice facility, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't know what sort of, and I, I honestly don't think this has been talked about enough, because, like, I don't know what sort of setup they've got down in Tampa, I'm sure. Blake knows significantly better than I do, right? But, like, the OVO facility is state-of-the-art. You know, it's able to track so many things. It's able to give you all the information, you know, a coach would need to to work with players on, like, developing fundamentals, developing, you know, their game, making sure that they're, you know, doing the right motions and going through the right repetitions and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. And every other team has access to their state-of-the-art practice facilities, Right. And it's like, that's got to make some sort of measurable impact on, you know, even just making like quick habit adjustments when you've got uh, a lineup that's, you know, a little more shaky than it was, you know, the team that won a championship together. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, to add to that, I would imagine that uh, the, the, the lack of a panic trade so far might be due to the lack of the fun little video boards they have in the OVO Center as well for the front <laughs> office to use. And they're just still using Masai's stupid Blackberry down in Florida trying to get reception uh, by the pool or something. Um, Go Canada. Yeah, I mean, he's supporting <laughs> Canadian industry. I mean, give him that. <laughs> Oh, shout out to our friend Jim Balsilli. Uh All right, let's. <laughs> we don't need to shout that guy out. Um, just let's take a quick look. The next ten games here, Abdul. The Raptors. You know, you could look at the schedule and say it's difficult, but also we have no idea who or if like these teams are going to play. <laughs> you know, the Hornets are the next two games. They've been playing pretty well. Lamella Ball looks really fun. I don't know if I'm horribly worried about losing both games to the Hornets. If they can split those, I feel like that's fine. And they could probably win both the way they've been playing so far. Then you get Mavericks, Heat, Heat, both at home. Then they go on the road for two against the Pacers, and then they're back home for the Bucks and the Kings. And then they round out that 10. They get the Magic, who are uh, injured and kind of a shell of themselves, and they're 6-2 and two start the, to the season. Uh, the... Season is are they six and two right now? They were six and two. They've lost They're like six three in a row now because yeah. they got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, like like this is one of those things, right? The Eastern Conference is such a mess that the Magic and the Hornets, you know, and the Hornets might be better than they have been historically, but like the Hornets are six in the East right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. there is no reason to panic at all. Like, you know, the Hawks are a five and five and like eighth in the conference. It's like, you know, this isn't going to stay this way right like yeah, the raptors the win yeah. like these two games against the hornets and they're i think a half game behind them in the standings <laughs> like it's yeah it's, it's pretty quick so to early around. to panic um i think the hornets games will be fun you know what i mean like mm. like they were great preseason games obviously that like doesn't apply period but the one i'm really looking forward to are the two pacers games yeah like i'm very interested to see how how nate and nick coach up against each other yeah. Um, and like, yeah, like those, those I think will be the most telling of like where the rafters are because like you're going up against, you know, someone who is instrumental to, you know, your team's uh, 
to your team's success in the last two years. And like, I feel like that'll really be the place where they start to get together or where they don't, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, you also have to apply, like, I think definitely personal vendettas into all of this as well. <laughs> right. Like, of course, of course, Nick doesn't want to be one up by Nate. And of course, Nate doesn't want to be one up by Nick. And like, you know, obviously maybe the, may the best man win. Um, they are going to play the we have enough heat as well, <laughs> hypothetically, um, which really should just be two free wins at this point. Right? Yeah, I mean, they kind of stink right now. I talked about how the Raptors crunch time offense or uh, crunch time total numbers are trash. Uh, the Wizards are one below them in the standings and then dead last are the heat. They are in some kind of way. So, yeah, I think there's room for wins here. I think there's room to kind of establish a bit more of a steady rotation. You know, if the first 10 games we're getting a look at everybody, maybe the next 10 games are about figuring out who those guys are going to be for the last 52. Um, And I also think, you know, if you're going to try to get Baines back and going, maybe doing it in the next couple of games before they play the Pacers back-to-back where you're going to need bigs because that team is just all muscle and elbows and meanness. Maybe you want to get Baines back and going. Yeah, Yeah. because like Sabonis is going to eat Chris Boucher for lunch, and it's going to be just (laughs) just depressing to watch. Um, So that's kind of where my read is. Yeah, like I said on yesterday's show, I I would be not surprised if they went 8-2 and in the next 10. I wouldn't be surprised if they went 3-7. and It's just it's so impossible to predict we don't know what covid related terrors will befall any of these teams over the next couple weeks either but i'm feeling this honestly this conversation has been quite therapeutic i've been talking myself into this team for the last couple weeks now uh into being a lot better than they are but i I think having a level-headed person like you on the show has been uh, a real treat to uh, soothe the nerves a little bit i do appreciate that i do think the raptors are still a playoff team yeah Yeah. i mean i don't think either of us disagree on that i i do think they'll at the very least make the plan if they don't you know get uh you know five to eight seed Mm -hmm. uh you know down the line but like the real concern i think uh, everyone should be taking away from this is the raptors need to trade for a like for just to get a consistent starting lineup right like it's okay to mix and match this aggressively in the regular season but there's no way they're able to make any sort of realistic playoff push with this like you know very conditional matchups and stuff like that and that's where i'm really i think the most concerned is like who are they going to trade for you know before at deadline that gives them that sort of like just this is our lineup. This is where we're set. This is, you know, you, you can immediately think to like, Oh, these are, this is our starting line. Right. And that's the part that stresses me out more than the record right now is just how frenetic and like how rapidly this lineup's been like just changing up and down, up and down. Right. Yeah. They have like 22 games until they can trade the guys they signed to contracts in December and you know open up more salary matching possibilities obviously they're going to be throwing in picks on whatever deals they make if they're looking for upgrades just because like the stuff they have to offer isn't terribly sexy right now unless they're throwing a malachi flynn into a deal or something like that but um you know the next 22 games is going to be kind of survival mode the schedule gets a little easier after this upcoming stretch and again it's hard to say if the schedule's hard or easy because we don't know what the state of these teams is going to be but i think if they can weather these 22 games and get somewhere around 500 ish. I think there's room to make a substantial trade. I said from the start of the season, the 
the goal of this year should be to make the most of Kyle Lowry's final season potentially with the team and give him one last earnest shot at making a run. And if they can pull something off around that February 23rd to March 1st window where they'll be able to move those players, I think you know to do that, they're going to have to be in a reasonable place record-wise. If they get to the 32-game mark and they're you know, 12 and 20, then maybe you can't justify it. But if you're closer to you know, 15, 17, 16, and 16, then I think it's a, a far more reasonable thing to say, all right, let's mortgage a little bit to go all in for this season. In a weird season that maybe you take advantage of the bizarro world we're in and go on a surprisingly deep run and- like the Heat did last year. But uh, that's for another day. We don't need to like use all the bullets of trade stuff this early on in the season we'll save it for later abdul thanks so much for coming on the podcast man where can people check out your wonderful work uh yeah you can find me on twitter at socialist raptor um i write a lot about sports and the politics of sports um and you know sort of the yeah the narratives and economics and the the really messed up world of like you know how sports like exploits players even though i love sports um and i have a podcast that launches on for the public on wednesday uh january 13th actually tomorrow crazy (laughs) hell yeah i didn't even intend that (laughs) yeah neither did i actually i completely (laughs) forgot it was launching tomorrow um yeah called the off-court podcast at off-court pod on twitter it's a podcast about the uh, niche stories and history and politics of sports um and it's for people who you know love sports and also people who are more interested in like the stories rather than the games right. um uh yeah like it's our first episode for example it's not all basketball but like our first episode is about like dunking and how like dunking is a has been turned from this like form of black expression in a very racist world to like a, a commodity to be bought and sold or like um our second episode is about like why not just why are black people disappearing from baseball, but also like this, if, if black people are being forced out of the game, that means that other people are being exploited um, in lieu mm-hmm. of them. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like a, a great trip through a great, like a very interesting trip through like the Latin American farm system and how that like choose up players to like the use of statistics and justifying um, racism in sports and stuff like that like just some really to like people like Carlos Delgado like some really cool stuff and like we have a ton 10 episodes this season then four months we'll have another 10 episodes but we're super excited for people to hear it and yeah if you're interested in listening to it it's uh, at off court pod on twitter uh, you can subscribe on apple Podcasts now actually uh, and definitely by the time this episode is out um, amazing yeah Thanks so much, man. Everyone, go check that podcast out. If you are a person who, uh, like both of us, love your sports but are uh, cognizant of the, uh, you know, the not so savory elements of it, I think that's uh, that's an amazing idea for a podcast i can't wait to check it out everyone should go and listen to the off-court pod as well um that's gonna do it for today's show thank you so much for tuning in subscribe to rate review this podcast wherever you get your shows it's much appreciated i'll be back again on thursday again hopefully get a lineup Dwayne notice but we'll see uh working on the scheduling bit there and then of course friday we will break down the thursday night game against the charlotte hornets until then though thank you so much we'll talk to you again thursday with another episode of locked on raptors
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.